Hey all you spooky listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Morbid Curiosity, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Nicole. I'll be taking you through some of the most heinous, shocking, and morbid crimes, including, of course, the paranormal. Listener discretion is advised. Don't forget to check me out on Instagram at morbid, period, curiosity, period, TC podcast where you can find photos related to our cases, including crime scene photos on occasion, of course, with the exception of postmortem photos. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. beautiful weirdos welcome back sorry i keep you waiting like every week here recently with moving and trying to get a job that i really want which i'll update you later if it happens i have been running around like a chicken with my head cut off literally (laughs) so forgive me please but i hope you enjoyed today's episode as we dive into the story of susan monica So, this isn't really a trigger warning because this part isn't, you know, morbid. But today's episode involves a transgendered woman, so not everybody shares the same views as me. I support it. I'm here for it. You do you. As long as you don't murder nobody, as long as it don't hurt nobody, I can care less what you do as long as you're happy, right? Other people may not think that. Maybe they're anti-trans, anti-gay, etc., etc., etc. All that hoopla, whatever. If this subject is something that you find um, annoying or aggravating or whatever, um, no judgment to you, but maybe you should skip this episode. If you are good to go and we're supportive queens here, you know, Okay, let's let's get into it because it's a very, very interesting case. Just wanted to throw that out there because, like I said, not everybody shares the same opinions as me and is supportive like me. And I just want you to be aware before you get yourself all aggravated by listening to this. All right, so let's go. Susan Monica was born Stephen Buchanan. Um, that's the birth name. On July 8, 1948, in California, she served in the U.S. Navy during the Vietnam War, where she was trained as a welder. She was later honorably discharged and assumed the female portion of herself, Susan Monica. So, after the discharge, um, she decided, you know, I'm not myself. I would love to be what I want to be. And, like I said, transitioned. Um, now, which we support, we love, we're here for, but what we don't love and support and here for is murdering people. So, entering the world of engineering in 1991, she was actually really successful and thrived in that career path. She eventually saved up enough money to buy a 20-acre piece of farmland located at 9184 West Evans Creek Road in Wimmer, Oregon. Now, once the purchase was done, she wasted no time. She jumped immediately to work, building a barn and constructing a home where she would raise chickens and pigs. Now, 
Per online real estate documents, this was completed in 1994. So Susan also started her own company called White Queen Construction. She was known for her metalworking and many still say she was really, really good at it. She thrived in it, needless to say. She did a lot of work for people in her area as well. So like if they needed some like handiwork, she would do it. You know, she was pretty helpful. Um, her 20 acre property was kind of like a compound, um, had like a barn, outbuildings, a few vehicles and like a camper on the property where she would offer kind of like boarding for people who she would hire to work for her. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, according to some, she wanted to build like an underground home, kind of like a bunker, but that was never successfully built. So just kind of a description about Susan, right? Uh, she was two inches shy of six feet tall, had the farmer look, you know, overalls, jacket, hat, etc. Some people described her as being soft-spoken, um, although she could be an imposing figure. She was bald or balding, and some people rumored it for cancer. That rumor doesn't really have, you know, any um, evidence of being true. So, I didn't find anything that she had cancer, so it's probably just bad genetics. Um, now, speaking of hair, during her early court appearances, she did wear a wig, which I couldn't tell until I found out she wore a wig. A stylist also came in a few times to, like, check her appearance and make sure everything looked good. Um, it was also a common sight to see her driving around in her pickup truck with two men that she had hired for help. So, just a little bit about Suzanne. So, moving on, let's get into the not-so-beautiful side of Suzanne. So, of course, you know, after moving out there, she worked on this farm by herself for quite some years. Um, you know, after some time, she was like, maybe it's time that I, you know, get some help because it's quite a big project because she was continuously improving, building, etc. So, she placed an ad on Craigslist for a handyman position in 2013. That is where 56-year-old Robert Haney answered her ad and this is when his story begins. Now, he was a jack of all trades who literally could do anything from being a handyman, being a laborer, to a carpenter, to like other stuff. So he could do it all. So he was a great, great worker. Now, they had a deal where he would be paid in cash. Just keep that in mind. Um, he would be paid in cash and he would be able to stay in the camper on the property as part of, as part of his employment. Now, all was good until Robert's children stopped hearing from him a couple of months after he got hired, as he seemed to just kind of disappear off the grid, which was really odd because, you know, they talked quite frequently from what I gathered. Now, per a report by Benjamin Smith from Oxygen True Crime, his child Jesse stated to producers of Oxygen, quote, we hadn't seen or heard from my dad for two months. We just all started to panic, end quote. Now, comes 
January 1st, 2014, the kids decide to go visit their dad at the farm, but it was more or less like a wellness check because, you know, they were just kind of concerned. So they acted like they were there to visit, but it was more so to see how he was. Now, once they got there, they were quickly greeted by Susan and not their dad. So, like, where was dad, right? When they asked where their dad was, she insisted that he had already quit and he left the farm four months earlier. Sorry, you missed him. Don't know what to tell you. Sorry that he hasn't contacted you kind of thing. She didn't say that, but yeah. Now, she then asked if they could take care of the rest of his belongings that he left behind, including his trailer and even his dog, which obviously they found very suspicious and odd because they were like, why would he leave all that behind if he just quit? Like, wouldn't he just quit and, you know, take his trailer and his dog and like come back home? Uh-huh, question mark, you know? Now, per the same Oxygen report, uh, Jesse stated, quote, Susan Monica said that my dad just basically left. She wanted us to come retrieve our dad's stuff. His leather jacket was there, his dog was still running around, and all of his tools were there. It made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up, end quote. So, of course, they kind of took what she said and was like, oh, okay, you know, sure, and like left and wasted no time to go over to Jackson County Sheriff's Office and report Robert Haney as missing. Now, the Sheriff's Office found it quite difficult to track Robert because why? He was paid in cash. With cash, there's no electronic footprints, no cards, no income, no nothing. So, if he did leave and he was using his income, they had no way to trace it. He was just kind of a ghost at that point. Now, additional detectives found out despite the kids, no one had heard from him in months. So not only did the kids not hear from him, no one else did as well. So naturally, detectives make their way over to Susan's farm to inquire about Robert's whereabouts. Little did they know what they were in for upon stepping foot upon that farm. There were cars and different vehicles all over the property with trash and debris everywhere, with strange odors filling the air. Now, Susan told police Robert lived and worked there for at least six months before he up and quit and left in early fall. Per the Oxygen report, Detective Eric Henderson, which was the lead detective, remembers thinking to himself, quote, I'm thinking to myself as we're pulling up, are we in the twilight zone here, end quote. According to Susan, Robert received a disturbing phone call right before he left. Supposedly, it was from a relative. Who that was, we don't know. You know, this is just her side of the story. Now, the relative stated that she was a victim of an assault, and she then told police that he was super upset about the news, and he began to drink profusely. So, not only did he get some horrible news, he got drunk after and started behaving erratically before suddenly leaving the farm, all of his possessions including the trailer and the dog, behind after telling her, hey, I'm going to be leaving for a while, take care of my dog. That's what Susan said happened. Now, of course, Susan's story seemed extremely suspicious to detectives, but even though they had their doubts, they had nothing to go off of as far as, like, hard evidence, just hearsay. And they definitely couldn't just go off of that hearsay in a hunch that they had. However, their gut instincts would be soon validated when they decided to track his EBT card. 
They were dumbfounded when they discovered that his card actually been used in December. Now, if you remember, Susan told him, excuse me, told them that he disappeared at Walmart just 25 minutes from the farm. And, you know, that was like four months ago, supposedly. So why was his card being used at Walmart? Detectives wondered the same thing, and they watched the CTV footage and found that Susan had been the one to actually use that EBT card and not Robert himself. Per the Oxygen True Crime Report, Detective Henderson said, quote, That's when I was like, okay, we got something else here going on. I was really concerned that there was some kind of foul play involved, end quote. Now, of course, with that, detectives executed a search warrant as soon as they could on the farm, which turned out to be a harder job than they first thought because, if you remember, she had a lot of junk, cars, trash, etc. laying around, and per the Oxygen Report, former detective Julie Denny told the episode Snapped. By the way, they did an episode on her on Snapped, if you guys want to go look. It was... Um, Put out, I think, 2021 sometime, April 11th, I think. Anyway, so she told them, quote, I would describe that property as eerie. There was a very strong odor there, a lot of decay. Now, while digging through heaps of garbage, they found something very chilling. Detectives saw something sticking out of the catchment pond. Turned out, once they looked a little bit harder, um, it was a human leg, okay, and that leg appeared to be cut mid-femur down to the toes. Now, per the oxygen report, again, Detective Denny said, quote, It was clear that it was not an animal bone. It appeared to me to be a human leg that had been severed mid-femur down to the toes. Now, from what I can find on the reports, it was not like um, fleshy leg. If that makes sense, there was it was just bone. So they they found a leg bone essentially. Now immediately Susan was escorted downtown for questioning, and once in the room, she offered up a weird, intriguing story for detectives. She claimed to have stumbled upon a pig feeding frenzy in their pen last fall. When she looked, Robert was in the middle and his guts were hanging out exposed. Instead of calling police, she decided to take Robert out of his misery and shoot him before leaving his remains in the pig pen for more than a couple of days. Now, per the Oxygen Report, Susan stated, I put him out of his misery. She says in a interview audio, by the way. She said, I do that for my animals, and this was the first time I did it for a human being. And I knew it was wrong, but if one of my pigs were suffering out there, I would have done the same thing, end quote. Now, she then put what was left of his remains, after the couple of days that he was left in the pig pen, in various garbage bags and stored them in the barn. She then said, well, maybe an animal got into one of the bags and dragged the leg down to the pond area. Susan told detectives that she didn't immediately tell them the truth because she was scared of what might happen to her pigs. So, essentially, she was more worried about her pig's life than her worker's life. Now, which indeed, it was, it was a crazy story, but it was kind of plausible, you know. Um, that is until she kept talking. <laughs> she kept divulging information. Here's where the crazy turn comes in. Because when asked again by detectives 
what they may find on her property, she finally was just like, okay, maybe there is something else I need to tell you. I uh, need a pencil and paper. And they gave it to her, right? Because she requested a pencil and paper. She drew a map of her property, and right in the middle, she drew a large X. Detectives kind of watched horrified. They didn't know what this was supposed to be, what that X meant, etc. Now, Susan told them, well, that's where you'll find Steve. Detectives, baffled because she just literally outed herself for having another body on the property, um, turns out this man, his name was Steven Delencio. Um, he worked for her on the farm just a year right before Robert. Now, she blamed him for stealing two of her guns in the summer of 2012, and according to Susan, when she confronted him about stealing those, they started having, like, a wrestling match, and one of the guns went off, somehow miraculously shooting Steven right in the head. Like, just right in the head. How, I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. That's all I gotta say. Now, supposedly, somehow, that did not kill him, she said. He survived the headshot, and he started chasing Susan to the barn, where she had another rifle. She raised it up, shot him once more in the head, and he was dead. Now, per the Oxygen report, Detective Henderson said, quote, At one point during the struggle, Stephen was down on his knees. She was above him, and she picked up the rifle, and she shot him in the head. End quote. What was her solution, you may be wondering? Well, her piggies. Okay. Piggies, piggies, piggies. <laughs> Susan fed him to her pigs and buried whatever was left in of him, like, because she left him in the pig pen as well, buried whatever was left of him where the X was marked on the map. So, you know, Robert was not the only victim here. There was two. Unlike Robert, whose family reported him missing, Stephen lived in Wimmer, Oregon, but no one reported him missing after being missing literally for nearly two years. Now, that's what I found per reports, uh, you know, news, but if that is wrong, please correct me if you know something that I don't. Now, detectives asked once again during her interview if there's anything else that they need to know. Please let them know. Her response caught them off guard as she said, Well, you know, I buried about 17 bodies on the farm. They were shocked, obviously. I chuckled because I can just imagine their face like, Excuse me? <laughs> you know? Um, that turned out to be false, by the way. Thankfully, there was no other victims besides the two. Even just unfortunately, there's two, but she was not a serial killer. So let's just get that straight. Now, when you look up this case, by the way, you may just search her name if you want to go into the interviews on YouTube, Susan Monica, because if you look up like pigs and you know being fed to pigs and stuff you'll get Robert picked in a lot so just try to use her name if you want to look into the case I just want to let you guys know that anyway now with all the evidence and toes Susan Monica was arrested January 14 2014 
Now, the charges include count one, murder of another human being committed on or about August 1st, 2012. Count two, the same thing, but on or about September 9th, 2013. Count three, abuse of a corpse in the first degree by mutilating or dismembering a corpse committed on or about August 1st, 2012. Count four, the same thing, but on or about September 9th, 2013. And count five, identity theft um, by unlawfully possessing with the intent to deceive or defraud the personal identification of Robert Haney committed on or about September 9th, 2013. And funny thing, um, Susan was also a victim of identity theft after someone broke into her property and um, stole her credit cards and like other information. And so Jackson County Sheriff's Office was notified because she was thoroughly pissed and they investigated the case and an arrest was later made. Ironic and funny in my opinion. Now, of course, this case went viral, right? Okay. It was everywhere, including Great Britain's Daily Mail. Like, <laughs> everywhere. Uh, now, of course, investigators still had a job to do because she did say, oh, there's 17 more bodies. So, over the next few weeks, they combed over the massive 20-acre farm, dug around 100 holes until they located the remains of Robert and Stephen. Um, also known as Steve. Now, interestingly, the other bodies never found on the property like she claimed, but the main investigator claims that there are more people out there as they found a massive pile of shoes during their search. Witnesses testify they saw Susan feed animals to her pigs, with many saying she made jokes about feeding humans to them as well. Susan pled not guilty to all counts. She took many liberties representing herself during her trial, where she even cross-examined the lead investigator, Eric Henderson, which I think is crazy. She would regularly interrupt the trial proceedings, which she was then removed from the courtroom several, several, several times. The prosecution alleged her idea of her crimes were incredibly skewed, so like she, you know, pretty much just lied about everything and claimed that the evidence found at the crime scene showed Susan having intentionally shot both men before feeding them to her pigs. During the second week of her trial, Oregon State Police anthropologists testified that Robert's leg was removed with an axe and his thigh bones could have been gnawed on by the animals. Piggies. Now, although he couldn't state with 100% certainty whether or not Robert was actually deceased before the dismemberment of his legs, which for his sake, I really hope he does, he was, because I couldn't imagine. The anthropologist did declare that Stephen had been shot three to four times in the head. A cellmate of Susan named Jordan Ferris also testified during the trial that she saw Susan sign a birthday card from the sweetest murderer in Jackson County, and that's how Susan signed it. Now, her attorneys tried to just say, oh, it's just her sick, sick sense of humor. Haha, <laughs> so funny. Um, court didn't find that very funny, and neither do we. 
Now, per the Oxygen report, um, she also stated, quote, Susan told me that Robert and her got into an argument because he was drunk and tried to come on to her, so she shot him and then pushed him into the pig pen, end quote. On the last day of her trial, April 21st, guys, did you hear that? I said April, sorry, April 21st, 2015, Circuit Judge Tim Barnack addressed the jury prior to deliberations and of course Susan interrupted the court once again saying quote I would like to demonstrate how I shot him for 10 seconds like who just says that like ma'am sit down put your hand down sit down now at first you know uh, Judge Barnack thought the same thing like what excuse me like sit down like what are you doing you know and they kind of ignored her at first, but then she started demonstrating, which in response, the judge was like, get her out of the courtroom. Take her out until the verdict is here. Like, get, get out of here. <laughs> Nobody wants you here. Get out. Now, with her being out of the courtroom and jury in deliberation, they were back in within one hour. They did not take long at all. Um, she was found guilty on all counts, one through five, and sentenced to a minimum of 50 years at Coffee Creek Correctional Facility with no possibility of parole. The families of the victims of Robert and Stephen were finally given the closure, although a horrible closure, of what happened to their loved ones. I could not imagine finding out that your loved one was fed to pigs or murdered by their employer like that unfortunately is a horrible closure but at least it's closure right now judge tim barnack stated quote you shot two people and fed them to your pigs i don't know how else i can put it you valued pigs more than you value people it may sound harsh but you were a cold-blooded killer end quote Police still wonder if she really did have more victims, like I said, because there was the shoes and other belongings at the farm. No evidence has ever been, like, taken in to, you know, let us lead otherwise than there was just two. Now, per the Oxygen True Crime Report, Detective Henderson said, quote, My take on what she told me about the possibility of 17 other people being there was that it was true. I believe 100% that there are more people out there, end quote. The 67-year-old Susan Monica is now known as inmate number 11907202 at the State Department of Corrections Coffee Creek Correctional Facility outside Wilsonville. Wilsonville. I don't know why that was so hard for me. <laughs> According to corrections data now, among its many roles, Coffee Creek serves as the state's female prison, so she's bound to live there for the entirety of her life. I don't think she will be getting out at all whatsoever, and she's now well into her 70s, so kind of doubt it, you know? Now, just something I found out through Rogue Free Press report by Brad Smith. Um, she made a statement during her trial that she wanted her pigs slaughtered and donated to the Rogue River Community Center. 
Now, she was known to donate her pigs to local food banks, which disgusted many people in the area after finding out what she did with the pigs. Okay. Um, as Ken Goddard, director of the world's only wildlife forensics lab, which is located in Ashland, Oregon, he said, quote, pigs are like humans. When they eat something, it's broken down into protein. Protein is protein. We don't have the technology to discern what the protein source is. Besides, pigs eating humans, well, that's probably the healthiest thing they have ever eaten, end quote. Blech. That's all I can say. Poor piggies. I mean, they didn't know any better. They're, they're animals. And unfortunately, since they were involved in eating people, they were euthanized during the trial. And some say that even though they were euthanized, um, even if they were to be donated, they couldn't be used anyway because they were in really, really poor shape. So, were they being fed regular stuff? Probably not, because it sounds like they were mal malnourished. So, who knows? So, a few years ago, I believe it was 2021, from what I could find, she started fighting her conviction. Um, even though she pled not guilty and then she was sentenced, she was like, ah, I'm, I'm still not doing this, you know, whatever. Um, Smith confirmed that she had filed for post-trial conviction motion and said, quote, I know that she had a hearing on August 20th. Another one is scheduled for September 20th. I'm not surprised that she's doing this. It happens often and is one of the most last-ditch efforts some will try, end quote. Now, he added that the DA's office isn't involved, stating, that's the State Department of Justice office, not us, not our problem. Law enforcement officers never found more bodies at the farm. Investigators did look into missing persons cases recorded throughout Jackson County, just in case you know, because he still felt there was more people. Um, the Jackson County Sheriff's Office source said, we didn't find anything. We did think about checking Josephine County's cases, but the Jackson County Sheriff's Office wasn't able to, I'm sorry, excuse me, Josephine County Sheriff's Office wasn't able to help us at the time. So yeah, it's possible more cases are out there. Now, a friend of hers did own the property for a good bit, um, in 2021 to 2022, um, and then it was placed up for sale on August 26, 2022, and it was listed for the initial price of $475,000. So, um, also, a neat little description that was posted with the property says, Property with lots of potential, 19.99 acres of opportunity awaits to be further developed and made into your very own paradise or investment. Home site is established with the beginnings of a home with a basement as well as power, well, and septic. Additional features, the property offers a large metal shop, perimeter fencing, and a pond. Schedule your showing today. See what all the property has to offer. Doesn't that and just invite you in to buy it? <laughs> um, no mention of, hey, two people were murdered here and fed to pigs, right? Which, supposedly, the realtor who was over this listing, um, 
are trying to help sell said that she would have told any potential buyer about what had happened there if you know they were going to be buying it but nobody ever bought it just fyi nobody bought it nobody wanted it they were just like ah no now if people inquired about it i don't know but all i can say is that the listing was removed february 26th of this year 2023 and from what i could find it spent about 244 plus days sitting on the market before being removed from all realtor sites i checked every single one i say that take it lightly i did check a good bit though um so yeah uh property is no longer for sale you missed out now to address some rumors that brad smith also posted on the rogue free press i say rude lord have mercy rogue free press you'll have to forgive me some of the rumors included a human skull was found in pig pen two dead men were fed to pigs which that's not a rumor i don't know why that's on there i forgot to delete that line <laughs> um in a fit of anger over money susan fired a gun at somebody susan reportedly shot and killed a roommate's pet dog and then fed it to the pigs she was originally a man and had an operation now that one's kind of semi-true because um you know transgendered you don't have to get an operation to be considered what you want to be considered that's just my opinion people have different opinions i don't really care what your opinion is and you shouldn't care what mine is it's just you know being respectful to other human beings even though she was a murderer um operation it's none of our damn business that's all i have to say um susan was a drag queen and that's how her business name white queen came about due to lack of evidence susan had been released from jail and the last rumor was outrageously that more than 300 hispanic workers have disappeared over the years all of them fallen victim victim to susan and her pigs now take all that with a grain of salt okay because you know some of that is you know obviously not true we've already went over the whole case um some other facts that came out during trial this is where i thought was interesting we'll get into this Some facts that came about was Susan did shoot Stephen, who was 59, in August 2012, Robert 56 in September 2013, after in both cases she fed them to her pigs. She reportedly told investigators that Stephen had died by suicide, shooting himself in the head five times. Like, first off, come the fuck on. How you, really? Who's gonna believe that? Just saying, who's gonna believe that? She later admitted that there had been an argument between her and the victim, which led to a struggle. She then shot him in the head five times with a pistol and used a rifle, shooting him twice. Uh, Jordan Ferris, a Jackson County Jail inmate, testified on April 20th that Susan had confessed to her that she had used a shotgun on Haney and then fed him to the pigs. Now, could this be you know why his intestines were hanging out uh, plausible we don't know during ferris's birthday susan allegedly gave her a birthday card signed happy birthday from the sweetest murderer in jackson county susan monica at susan's ranch property located at the 9100 block of west evans creek road forensics techs investigators and others spent more than 1,000 hours searching with more than 100 to 135 holes dug throughout the property 
During his testimony, Major Crimes Detective Eric Fox from the Jackson County Sheriff's Office testified that he found a pile of black, dirty trash bags. Checking them, Fox discovered human remains. Claiming her constitutional rights, Susan has been acting in her own defense, cross-examining investigators, and sometimes even being argumentative. You know, who's surprised? She also displayed a number of emotional outbursts. At one point, Susan reportedly maintained that Haney had been attacked by the pigs and she shot him, claiming a mercy killing. The murders detailed um, have been described as grisly and gory, had a visual impact on victims' families. I could only imagine, like, what they had seen in court as far as evidence goes, because, like, that's pretty freaking gruesome. You know what I'm saying? Bags of human remains, like, I would have a freaking emotional breakdown if that was my family in those bags. Now, Susan, in interviews with investigators, spoke of joking about feeding people to her pigs. Quote, the joke had become a reality, she said. Um, Susan also spoke of having mental illnesses, um, excuse me, mental issues, or the stupid thing in my brain. So maybe it is mental illness, sorry. I'm dyslexic, okay? Mental illness and issues, same thing to me. Witnesses haven't appeared on April 20th, four uh, prosecution witnesses didn't appear, and the judge, Tim Barnack, eventually shut down Monday's proceedings. Jackson County Sheriff's Office, Detective Eric Henderson, presented a pair of shotguns Susan had reportedly pawned a few days before her arrest. It hadn't been determined if either of those was used on Haney. Haney's son, I keep referring to him as Haney, it's, it's Robert, guys. Either or, this is just how the document has it. And I'm reading it per word because this is what was on the record. Um, so Haney's son, Jesse, told the court that after two months of not hearing from his father, he went to Monica's property. He had a feeling that something was wrong. Quote, he left behind everything he owned, his motorcycle, his pickup, his tools, his favorite leather jacket. It didn't make any sense, and I knew something was wrong. Um, like I said earlier, she was featured on Snapped by Oxygen, aired April 11, 2021. Okay, also just a little bit more about that post-conviction relief appeal that she tried to do in 2021. These are her reasons why um, there was errors assigned, right? So she was like, this is what's wrong with this. So number one, trial counsel was ineffective for failing to make praiseworthy arguments in the motion to suppress evidence obtained via search warrant. Two, trial counsel was ineffective for failing to impeach a state's witness with their criminal record. Three, trial counsel was ineffective for failing to review evidence that petitioner used a shotgun to kill one of the victims. Number four, trial counsel was ineffective for failing to object to witnesses' remarks on her credibility during the trial. And number five, trial counsel's increasing errors constituted ineffective assistance of counsel warranting reversal. And guess what? All of that was rejected by the court. So, like, they were like, uh, we don't really care what you think is wrong because you still killed these two people. So, 
um, you're done. We reject all of your errors that you are trying to implicate. So, that concludes today's case. I wanted to switch it up and do a female, you know, kind of case because, as we know, most crime cases are always men murdering children, women, or men kind of thing. And I wanted something a little different. And I've heard of Robert Picton with the pig with the pigs and stuff, but I've never heard of this woman in this case. So I thought it was pretty interesting and wanted to cover this for you guys. And I am sorry for the delay and I'm sorry if this is a little bit short, but I hope you enjoyed today's case. Um, and I'll speak with you next time, guys. Hopefully we'll have a better, longer case next time. Hope you enjoyed. Well, guys, that's all for today's episode make sure you tune in bi-weekly we are every other monday for another riveting case where i will traumatize you more than you probably already are <laughs> so thank you for listening uh don't forget to check out the instagram at morbid period curiosity period tc podcast for photos related to each case that i cover feel free to send me spooky crazy stories or case suggestions at morbid curiosity tc podcast at gmail.com and don't forget to rate the podcast on Spotify and Apple Pod or whatever you're listening to us on. Um, I do appreciate all you spooky listeners. Please stay kind, stay spooky, and for the love of God, don't murder anyone. <laughs>